The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group, Ohio. This hour is sponsored by Take-Two Healthcare. I'm Storm Center 7 meteorologist Kirsty Zantini. We're watching the radar right now. If weather breaks, we break in immediately. Here on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. And I'm Dayton's consumer warrior, Clark Howard. You're listening to an Ask the Expert Weekend. Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Van Merkel at Take-Two Healthcare. Take two weeks or two months to try a safe, natural option. might just be the best uh, thing you ever did. I am Dr. Merkel, doctor of chiropractic, board certified in clinical nutrition. And I've been here in the Miami Valley for going on over, oh my gosh, 35 years. And right here behind this marvelous WHIO AM 1290 News 95.7 microphone for 25 years. It's an honor to be with you. And I know this is going to be a short show today because there happens to be a, a pretty good basketball team in town. It's got a game uh, coming up after this. And I uh, don't want to miss that. So it's only going to be till 1130 today. And go University of Dayton. Keep the string going. And uh, so what we're going to talk about today is what's in the news a lot. Coronavirus. And I know everybody is greatly worried about it. I'm not worried about it. I'm going to tell you why coming up here in a minute, but I want to tell you a little bit about us. Um, our clinic is in uh, Royal Swiss Village. That's in Centerville, and um, it's at on Far Hills Avenue in Royal Swiss Village. We got some great doctors to work with us. Uh, Dr. Uh, Ashley Marchek, board certified in acupuncture, also board certified in clinical nutrition. And, uh, and we have uh, Dr. Natalie Yaley who's certified to read thermography. And um, we have Dr. Andrew Dyer, who is board certified in acupuncture and board certified in clinical nutrition. And if you've listened to this show over the years, we've helped people with all kinds of serious problems from MS to lupus to severe infections to colds, things like that. And... We don't have a cure for cancer. We have a cure for lupus. We didn't have a a cure for the common cold. However, the body gets healthy enough, healthy enough, healthy enough, your body can can recover, can respond. And it's one of those things we, we commonly tell people, if you get healthy enough, does it really matter the name of the disease? And that is a good segue into the coronavirus. The coronavirus. Now, actually, I did did a little research, and uh, uh, the coronavirus, let's see here. Um, interesting things about the coronavirus. Uh, let me get that right here. Not that one. Well, basically, these, these are respiratory uh, viruses, which most everybody is exposed to somewhere in their life, uh, somewhere in time. And um, these, uh, this virus is, is, well, you've heard it spread in, in uh, started in China, and it spread uh, significantly. And um, they, there's a lot of actions now worldwide, a lot of scary stuff. You know, people are dying from it. But one of the things that, that we, there are some questions we need to, uh, to ask is, 
How deadly is this? What's a true fatality risk? And we hear that some people are dying, but the people who are dying are mostly the elderly. People over 80, people who are elderly. But there's what we don't know, and this is interesting. This was, um, this was reported um, uh, by oh, Caitlin Rivers and Carol Watson, uh, Crystal Watson, February 12, 2020. And 10 questions about coronavirus. And how do you determine how deadly it is? Well, the fatality risk. Well, you get to figure how many people have it and how many died. That's the problem, though, is how many people actually have it. And so they actually quote an early outbreak. A simple calculation is often misleading. The first cases identified are typically people who are quite ill, which is how the disease comes to the attention of health authorities. For this reason, early mortality rates estimated from only those early patients who require medical care will be high. Then as the outbreak uh, continues, the opposite problem emerges. As the outbreak grows, more people are diagnosed each day than were diagnosed a week ago, meaning that most people are still in the midst of the illness, mortality estimates that include people who do not have an outcome yet will undercount undercount the mortality rate. Going on. The most difficult problem with estimating mortality rate for every person who is sick enough to come to the attention of public health authorities, there are, and I quote, even more people who only have mild symptoms and never seek medical attention. Because we do not have a handle on how large that number is, we are not able to include those people on our estimates of mortality. Looking back at H1N1, there were more than, for more than 100 people who were infected that went undiagnosed, the mortality rate for H1N1 eventually dropped below what is normally seen for seasonal influenza. So in the end, amongst all the hysteria of H1N1, the disease was, and I quote, less deadly than early assessments suggested. In fact, it was what is normally seen in normal flu. This new um, coronavirus, or it may be the same coronavirus has been around for a long time, is just certain population areas or people have generally... Overall, poor general health. I'd want, I'd want to know what the overall sanitation is like. What's the water quality like? It's like Ebola a couple of years ago. Remember all the, all, the, all the excitement about Ebola? That Oh, it's going to come. Well, do you remember a couple of nurses left the hospital, even though they didn't want them to? They left the hospital, even though they were diagnosed with Ebola. Nothing happened to them. They got well. And in the countries that got Ebola, they were the poorest countries in the world. They had poor sanitation, poor hygiene, and they had an overall lower health index. And that's what we're going to see with coronavirus, too. There are probably hundreds or thousands of people who are infected but don't have any symptoms. Or their symptoms are mild. And what are the, mild, what are the symptoms of coronavirus? Well, let me, let me pull that one up. Um, let's see, coronavirus infections, the symptoms, well, coronavirus is basically a respiratory illness. 
And the symptoms of coronavirus include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. Huh. Sounds pretty common, doesn't it? And um, this one can develop into many people who have it or have it in both lungs. Now, those are people who are going to be sick. Like, who gets pneumonia? People who are already really sick. Healthy people don't get pneumonia. But if you're already sick and you have underlying health conditions, you're going to have it. So how is it spread? Let's see. Most people get infected with human coronaviruses, and I quote, at some time in their life, which usually cause mild to moderate upper respiratory infections, just like the common cold. But they can also cause severe illnesses such as bronchitis and pneumonia. And again, if people's health is not good, the common cold leads to more serious conditions like bronchitis and pneumonia. You don't get bronchitis, especially pneumonia, unless you have underlying poor health, underlying conditions, or maybe simple nutritional deficiencies, and your immune system is depressed or suppressed. So how does the, how does the human coronaviruses, and I say viruses because there's many viruses that are called coronaviruses, how does it, how they spread? Coughing and sneezing, because Close personal contact, touching and uh, shaking hands and such. Touching an object has been contaminated. And uh, other ways due to poor hygiene. Who is at risk? Anyone can get coronavirus. And um, anyone, young or old. And the symptoms, I'm going to say again, the symptoms of coronavirus infections, which are like the common cold, which are like upper respiratory infections, like the common cold. Symptoms are runny nose, headache, cough, sore throat, fever, overall not feeling well. I'm going to tell you what to do about this to help prevent you getting the, the coronavirus or the common cold here in just a couple minutes. But I just want to, want to get you down as the, uh, uh, the symptoms of coronaviruses, any coronavirus, not just one we're talk that's in the news, but any of them. You get a higher fever, you get cough with mucus, shortness of breath, and chest pain from coughing, etc. And um, listen to this. Severe infections are more common in people with heart or lung diseases, people with weakened immune systems, and older adults. Now, I would also add diabetics. People who have cancer who's being treated with immune... If you're an autoimmune... If you have autoimmune disease and you're being treated with immunosuppressive drugs, you're going to be more susceptible to this. Absolutely. You are going to be more susceptible if you're on any medication. If you're on statins, those suppress your immune system. You're going to be more susceptible. So, uh, what you need to do, well, use good clean hygiene, you know, wash your hands, do things like that. Um, but what I'd recommend you do, okay, it says wash your hands off with soap and water, but don't do antibacterial soap. Use regular plant-based soaps, but do not use antibacterial soaps because antibiotics become resistant to, anti- to antibiotics. And after a while, the nastiest bacteria are going to be the ones that's going to be around your antibacterial soap. Keep your hands away from your face. Um, clean uh, just use good, clean hygiene in your house and everything else. Um, and if you're sick, go ahead and stay home and get some rest, that kind of thing. But what I'd recommend you do, why do these viruses, colds, flus, everything else, and Corona, it's China. They got the same weather we do. Why do we get these in the wintertime? Why do we get these 
um, flu viruses, cold viruses, and I bet the coronavirus too is going to peter out as we get warmer weather. We get outside, we get fresh air, we get more vitamin D. Our immune system improves. What I'd recommend you do, if you can't go to Florida or a southern area and get some sunshine, which is always a good thing to do during the wintertime, start taking vitamin D. If you haven't been taking vitamin D, I'd recommend you take 10,000 international units a day for a week. For a week and then drop down to five. Now, we got, we got to take a break right now. We come back, we're going to talk about some more things you can do to boost your immune system to avoid coronavirus or any virus. You're listening to Dr. Merkel at Take Two Healthcare. We'll be right back after this. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. And our Ask the Expert weekends, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's news and talk. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's news and talk. And we're back. This is Dr. Van Merkel at Take-Two Healthcare. We're here to help you with your health problems to avoid Serious health problems. We're gonna go. We're gonna keep on the coronavirus. We got a caller online, Paul. How can we help you today? Uh, yes, hi. I have a quick question. Uh, you had discussed in a previous segment about the symptoms related to coronavirus. One of the things you mentioned was a runny nose, and I um, stated that that's a similar symptom to the common cold. Um, and I think in this segment, you were talking about giving some advice that's applicable to both. Um, my question is. I read an article from a very authoritative source, um, Smart News, of course, um, being facetious, um, and it gave a diagram of how the coronavirus affects the body, and one of the things they stated was it first starts with a fever and then uh, a cough, and but then they made an explicit point about saying um, no sneezing, which I generally associate with like post-nasal drip or, um, or having a runny nose. And so I was wondering about that. Well, there, again, as I mentioned earlier, there are many coronaviruses, not just one, but there are many coronaviruses out there, and many we've been exposed to over a long period of time, and we're probably exposed to some now. Some of them cause symptoms like the common cold. So I'm not too worried about the symptoms. If your body's healthy, the only people that are dying from this are the people who are already really sick. So if you have mild symptoms or even, you know, if you get, here's one of the things I wonder about the people who are dying, are they giving drugs to reduce the fever? We know that fever helps the body to fight disease. And if you take, if you give children medication to lower a fever that, and even in semen animals, the disease lasts longer. And sometimes it's fatal where if it had let to run its course, it would have been fine. And in Reader's Digest, agree. pardon me. My daughter had all. My daughter had, um, you know, always had ear infections, and unless her fever was hitting, uh, you know, brain damage level, um, you know, in which case we would sometimes give her a cold bath. We'd rather not give her medication a little too for the reasons you state. Well, in Reader's Digest a few years ago, they had a good article there on fevers, and they said if you've got a child with even 106, and I remember as a child, I do remember I had a 106 degree fever. The, uh, the article said it's more important how the child is acting. If you got a child with or somebody with 106, even 107 degree fever, but they're running around the house, they're alert, they're active, don't worry about it. But if you even got a 101 degree fever and a child is listless, um, pretty much inactive, that may be more serious 
But if the kid mm-hmm. is active, alert, can talk, etc., then I'm not too worried about it. In fact, the, many of these viruses are heat sensitive. That's why the body raises the, the fever because at a higher temperature, the viruses destruct and the body's immune system ramps up. So I think you're right on with that. And what I'd recommend that you do, I, mean, I know I got a, there's an important basketball game. Are you aware of that that's coming up here in a minute? No. <laughs> UD basketball game is going to be uh, on at uh, 1230. So there's going to be a, uh, an hour-long show here before the game. But basically to help people at this time of year when most of these viruses, flu virus stuff come around, increase your vitamin D. If you got a little cold or flu, you could take 10,000 ear and units a day probably for a, for a week without any problem and drop it down to five for a couple weeks and maybe drop it down to maybe 5,000 two or three times a week. Take some extra vitamin C. Zinc lozenges. Inc- uh, take Zinc lozenges may have 12 to 15 milligrams of zinc in it. Take three or four of those a day and maybe crank up some echinacea or lorisidin, and I'll bet you'll breeze right through it. Oh, and if you can go to Florida, that's probably a benefit too. <laughs> Just came back from there, can't afford any more of that. Thank you. <laughs> my my uh, daughter and I took a trip to Florida over uh, just the first of this year when she had a break from college. And she said what little acne she had all cleared up, didn't have much, but she, all of her sniffles, everything cleared up by spending a week in the South. So she was pretty happy about that. So hey, I know we got to go, but thank you for your call, Paul. Hope that helps. Thank you. And let me yeah. just say again, take some vitamin D, zinc lozenges, vitamin C, maybe three to 4,000 milligrams a day, echinacea, some lorisidin. And if you do that now, just prevent the cold or flu, that if you do get exposed to it, you're going to breeze right through it. My mom, 88, has never had the flu shot, pneumonia shot, shingle shot, anything. She's fine today. Say it's that time. It's time to go. We'd love to help you with your health problems. I'm Dr. Van Merkel at Take-Two Healthcare. Take two weeks to two months to try a safe, natural option and do something today to be healthier than you were yesterday. Take a walk. Call a friend. Take some vitamin D. And by the way, go to church tomorrow. I'm Dr. Merkel. And good luck, University of Dayton Flyers. Have a good day. It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather and traffic, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.